the word of advice I would give to board members is be kind to everybody. Even if someone has made a mistake in the past, that doesn't mean they didn't learn from their mistake. Be kind to everybody. Kindness will never get you in trouble. But being rude or something or saying something bad about somebody, that adds to negativity. So be kind. HOE Insights, common sense for common areas, exists to help all 2 million volunteer board members nationwide have the right information at the right time to make the right decisions for their future. This podcast is sponsored by four companies that care about board members, Association Insights and Marketplace, Association Reserves, Community Financials, and Kevin Davis Insurance Services. You'll find links to their websites and social media in the show notes. Thankless job. What comes to your mind when you hear those two words? Having served on the board of my condominium association for several years, followed by decades of experience in this industry, there is one job that without a doubt deserves to be at the top of the list, an elected volunteer community association board member. So a regular feature of our weekly podcast is one episode a month devoted to sharing the stories of a real-life unsung board hero. In our eyes, a board hero is one of the two million elected volunteers who are worthy of recognition for simply performing a thankless job well. So welcome back to HOA Insights, Common Sense for Common Areas. I'm Robert Nordland, and I'm here to share the story of an unsung board hero named Carol Lawrence. This is episode 26, and if you missed meeting any of our first four board heroes, you can find them easily on our website, hoeinsights.org, or by subscribing to HOE Insights on your favorite podcast platform. But before you hear Carol's story, here's a brief message from one of our generous sponsors. Numbers matter, and we need numbers like game scores and bank balances to let us know where we stand. The same is true for your association. Is yours thriving or struggling? Let me introduce you to the FICO Health Score, like your own personal FICO credit score. Now in one simple number, owners and boards can learn the combined financial, physical, and operational health of their association. The good news, it's free at rfico.com. That's our F-I-P-H-O.com. Learn how your association measures up. My name is Carol Lawrence, and I've served on Allen Avenue Square North Homeowners Association in various um, positions since 1978. When I'm not wearing my board member hat, I volunteer at the Pasadena Police Department, I volunteer at my church, and I volunteer at Huntington Memorial Hospital, and I participate in many women's groups like Front Porch Society, I have belonged to a book club, I go to events that my son's um, involved in when he's the, in charge of them. I go to my granddaughter's college for all their events and my grandson's baseball games. Allen Avenue Square North is a 75-unit apartment-style conversion condominium community in Pasadena, California, with a budget of about $400,000. The building is 50 years old and is about 60% owner-occupied. Carol has lived there for an amazing 45 years, so we asked what first motivated her to get involved and stay involved with the governance of her community association throughout that time. My boyfriend was president, so I was motivated to help him because I thought he was too much of a pushover. 
and I was vice president. My service on the board ended March 2023. In the 45 years I've lived at the building, I've served on the board in about 10 years, but I've always been involved in work projects, helping my neighbors, welcome committees, security committees, and offering when I'm trying to uh, lobby someone to run for the board, I will help you any way I can to be better. If you need me to type something, if you need me to copy something, I'm your person. I will do it. Given Carol's long tenure on the board, we were curious as to the makeup of Allen Avenue Square North's board and whether they had term limits or not. Here's what she had to say. We have five members on the board and there are no term limits. We have one-year terms, and then there's another election. Hardly anybody wants to be on the board. Um, if you run, you probably will get elected. For someone to stay on the board for so long with such short-term periods indicates a large amount of confidence from the community at large, which often speaks to the amount of time that each board member is investing into the association. We asked Carol how much time she was investing into the community, as well as what special gifts she had to inspire that level of confidence from her community. When I was on the board, I invested too many hours, but it was about 10 a week. I'm very, I would describe my personality as very outgoing, welcoming, and the, what I bring to the board is I'm very observant and I notice things and I observe what the consequence of those things would be or how they're going to impact us. Like, a new car in the parking garage all of a sudden. I also take all the courses I can online to improve my education, you know, study different law, law firms give free education, and I participate in those. Here's Carol's perspective as it relates to the association's financial health. I consider the association well-funded in light of when we started, the association had not met the officers in six months and the money had gone from like 200 and some thousand to 113,000. And so my, the board I was on was brave and they increased the assessment. And then the next board I was in increased the assessment again and did a one-time 5% assessment. And then because we had the balcony assessment, we also did an emergency assessment to start funding for the, the map. I mean, the building plans, the engineer, and build up the reserves. Now that Carol's term on the board has come to a close, we wanted to know what her favorite and least favorite parts of serving on the board were. I'll say the least favorite first. The anonymous letters stuck in the mailboxes without postage or put on people's doorsteps with no signatures, including renters stirring them up unnecessarily when they're not involved in owner stuff. My most favorite thing is being able to see the needs of like other people and trying to accommodate those needs. Like if the elevator breaks down, trying to, if it'll go down, but it won't go up, trying to take the steps down and then go pick up the person, you know, so I can get, you know, help them get down to where they need to be. Helping people like if they can't manage the heavy door, escorting them to the meetings and with their walker or their wheelchair and holding the door for them so they can get up to the floor, the third floor for the meetings. Reminding people of the parking limitations on the street in front of our building so they don't get towed or get a heavy fine. Um, 
asking people, do they have any questions about the building? Some people didn't know their stairwells at either end, you know, orienting them to the new experience of a new building. From her answers, Carol seems devoted to maintaining a culture of helpfulness and assistance to any of the homeowners and residents in need. We wondered if the culture of the current board reflected this and how good of a job they were doing overall. Here's what Carol had to say. The present board is mixed and and not very institutionally knowledgeable because they're sh- all short-time owners. It is well-run. We have a property manager who cares. Everybody, can, uh, None of us are perfect. We can all use improvement. In her last answer, Carol briefly mentioned that they had a caring and involved community manager. We asked her to speak on that in more detail. Our association is professionally managed by a management company we used in the 90s. It's a very small firm, but they give us a lot of attention because they're right down the street. The two stars for our manager is she's very good with difficult people. She can charm anybody to, to see reason. And she's always, she's smiling and she's well-spoken. And she tries to communicate uh, on a regular basis and she's in the building on a regular basis. The thing I would ask that she be, remember that the elderly people need extra help. You know, like the ones who don't have computers, they need either snail mailed information or door drop information. Given her prior experience on the board, Carol had some pretty frank assessments on what the current board is doing well, as well as how they can improve. We asked her for some specifics. The two things my board is doing well is they're trying to communicate. So they wrote up like for the balcony inspection and the walkway, they wrote up a nice little presentation about it. Other thing is they're trying to get the handle on getting the minutes out and They do get the agenda out on time. I wish they would not say negative things like, I don't want that contractor, I don't like him, or negative things that could get us in trouble because the minutes are posted in public areas. From her answer about the board meeting minutes, it seemed that Carol was fairly concerned about the conduct of the board meetings. We then asked Carol how she defines a successful board meeting. My idea of a successful board meeting is where The members are made to feel welcome and and appreciated for coming to the meeting. If they don't have an agenda with them, that they're presented with an agenda, a meeting that sticks to the agenda, allow the members to speak in open forum, and then that the meeting gets done without um, negative comments. We wondered how the board meetings were held, as holding a board meeting in person, virtually, or in a hybrid setting can dramatically change the conduct of the board. Our meetings are in real life in a, in the meeting room. Sometimes we allow someone to call in like a board member if they can't be there because of work obligations. As always, we like to give the board heroes that come on this program an opportunity to share some advice they've gained from their own experiences. Here's what Carol had to share. The word of advice I would give to board members is be kind to everybody. Even if someone has made a mistake in the past, that doesn't mean they didn't learn from their mistake. Be kind to everybody. Kindness will never get you in trouble. But being rude or something or saying something bad about somebody, that adds to negativity. 
So be kind. Carol's answer spoke to a recurring theme throughout the interview, this culture of negativity that had pervaded the community at large. We asked if this culture was the biggest challenge presented to Carol during her time on the board. My biggest challenge, I sort of touched on this before, is trying to decide what to do about the people who are so so misinformation, and especially anonymously, even though we have a pretty good idea which of the which who those three people are. People say we're going to put the old nasty carpet back down that we ripped up. That's just not going to happen. Why are you thinking that? As Carol just described, negativity and misinformation can be the most pervasive challenge to any board member, especially one that has invested so much time into serving the association. We wanted to know if Carol had instituted or changed any policies to combat this culture. Only one person was signing the checks. And I instituted it should be two people signing the checks and two people reviewing the invoices from the board so that we could see what the invoice said and also catch mistakes. If accidentally some property manager sent us a check for a building on a different street, then we should be catching that for them. Not everybody's perfect. People make mistakes, including me. And I discovered some interesting things, like when I said, I've been kept saying, you have to update the signature cards. When I wasn't on the board, you people have to update the signature cards. But when I actually got on the board, I mean, they named me to the board. I didn't run. They said, you know, keep your enemies close, so to speak. They put me on the board. We all went to the bank. The property manager, a previous one, was on as a check signer. On the signature cards, I was like, "This," and they fired him. He could have emptied all our accounts. So I said, "This kind of thing cannot happen. This has to be reviewed regularly." And when I said we need to get a new property manager, they resisted, resisted, resisted. You know, I said he's told. We found out that things he said didn't happen. We found out we were cited for things that he never told the HOA about. And we lost it. It was like pretty devastating. But they finally relented and hired a new property manager. And I'd already interviewed about 10 of them in preparation for where I wanted to go. And the new property manager, when they hired a totally untrained manager, and basically they expected us to train her, then they said, okay, we don't want to train another property manager. We'll go with your we'll go with getting a new property manager. Sure. So then we chose one of the 10 I interviewed. It seems needless to say that not only is Allen Avenue Square North much better off with their current manager than with the one Carol just described, but they also benefited greatly from the time and care Carol invested in the association. Finally, we asked Carol if there was anything that the association had done that she was especially proud of. I'm proud of the community involvement that um, the, the past board that we to undertook to attend community meetings with our councilmen, outreach programs with our police department, forging relationships with the health community that would better things for our residents and our building as some of us are aging out. <laughs> thank you for listening and thank you to Carol for performing such a thankless job well for so many years. 
We hope you've gained some HOA insights from our story and that it helps you bring common sense to your common area. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to another great episode next week. You've been listening to HOA Insights, common sense for common areas. You can listen to the show on our podcast website, hoainsights.org, or subscribe on any of the most popular podcast platforms. You can also watch the show on our YouTube channel. Check the show notes for helpful links. If you like the show and want to support the work we do, you can do so in a number of ways. The most important thing you can do is to engage in the conversation. Email your questions or voice memos to podcast at reservestudy.com or leave us a voicemail at 805-203-3130. If you gain any insights from the show, please do us a huge favor by sharing the show with other board members you know. You can also support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program. Please remember that the views and opinions expressed by the podcast do not constitute legal advice. You'll want to consult your own legal counsel before making any important decisions. Finally, this podcast was expertly mixed and mastered by Stokelight Video and Marketing. With Stokelight on your team, you'll reach more customers with marketing expertise that inspires action. See the show notes to connect with Stokelight.